Welcome to Daily Devotion with Ken Gurley. Devotions designed to inspire you on your daily walk with God. Each day we walk through the vital principles of the abundant life. Our Lord can do above and beyond all we ask or think. Here's your host, Ken Gurley. Your voice is valued. Have you ever thought how much your voice is needed? It's valued in God's world and it's needed in man's world. John the Baptist is called the voice, the voice in the wilderness. He was the first miracle child of the New Testament. His parents were Zacharias and Elizabeth, righteous, blameless people. We read in Luke 1. John's birth was miraculous because his parents were elderly. They had deeply sought after God for a child, but no child ever came. They lived in the hill country of Judea, perhaps Hebron, a priestly city. There were many priests. 24,000, we read, was the typical complement of priests. They were divided into lots of a 1,000, providing 24 courses. All 24 courses were in Jerusalem for three mandatory feasts. For the rest of the year, however, they rotated. Each of the courses would come to Jerusalem to serve every 24 weeks. So outside of the mandatory feasts, each priest would only serve maybe two weeks out of the year, once every six months. Why is that important? Because Zacharias was a priest. And when in Jerusalem, the work of a typical priest was not glamorous. It generally consisted of working in the outer court, slaughtering animals, sacrificing them at the brazen altar. But maybe, maybe once in a lifetime, only once in a lifetime, would a priest have a chance to be the one to burn incense at the golden altar? And when it came Zacharias' lot to burn incense, he had a heavenly encounter. While he stood before the golden altar, the angel Gabriel appeared to this elderly priest. He told him that his prayers had been heard. Elizabeth would bear a son. Zacharias stated the obvious impediment to this, their age. What's curious is that Gabriel struck him speechless. Curious that Abraham had said nearly the same thing, yet the angel did not strike the father of faith speechless. I guess it's more serious to question God when you're interceding in the holy place, or something about speech would be very important in this child's life. When Zacharias exited the holy place, everyone could tell he had had an encounter with the divine. He couldn't speak until the day the boy was born and then named. And when they wanted to know the name of the child, would they name it after Zacharias? Elizabeth said, no, his name shall be John. When the crowd fussed with her, Zacharias, who still couldn't speak, wrote on a tablet, his name shall be John. And barely had he finished writing that his tongue was loose and he began to shout and to prophesy. And people took note that day that this child was indeed very special. Mary was another person who knew that. Mary was the cousin to Elizabeth. And when she raced to Elizabeth to tell her her own good news, that she too was expecting a miraculous child, the unborn John leapt inside of Elizabeth. And a spirit of prophecy fell on Mary. And like Hannah of old, she too prophesied. 
John the Baptist was raised as a Nazarite. His ministry was in the desert regions. He was the voice crying in the wilderness. He would urge people to repent. He urged them to be baptized unto repentance. He told them the kingdom of heaven is at hand. How important was John the Baptist? Very important. Jesus said in Matthew eleven eleven that there was none greater than John the Baptist born of woman. He was known for his voice. Mark said of John, he was the voice of one crying in the wilderness. But remember, though he was the greatest born of woman, Jesus also said, the least in the kingdom is greater than John. Your voice is valued as much or more than that of John the Baptist. You see, God is looking for voices. A voice is unique to humans. It's a God-given quality. God speaks. Man in God's image speaks as well. The Bible is called the Word of God because God speaks to men, and men can hear and convey what God has said. God is looking for those voices. He seeks them in our prayers and praise. Hosea 14, take with you words and turn to the Lord and say to him, take away all iniquity and receive us graciously. So will we render the calves of our lips. We understand that our worship is not merely words. We understand we are to worship him in the beauty of holiness or the holy array in our conduct, our behavior, our actions and apparel. Yet so dominant is the idea in Scripture that we approach God with our words that many people confine worship to prayer and praise. We're commanded to use our voices to give God glory, to make a joyful noise to Him, to give Him the honor that is due to His name. Our voices are important in worship, but they're also instrumental in instruction. We are to tell the next generation of God's greatness. We're to teach the younger the principles of godly behavior. We're to transmit and impart to others a love for God and His ways. We are reminded to remind them of what God has done for all of us, a voice. That you and I have voices, that we are literally voices and our voices are valued in heaven. Scripture uses a term, the oracles of God. The word oracle simply means the mouthpiece, to speak on God's behalf. That God is looking for voices, those whom he can speak through, to a world that is so confused. Jesus said what we receive in darkness, we speak openly in the light, that we have nothing to talk about, if we've not been on a walkabout with the Lord. God met with Enoch. God walked with Enoch. He talked with Enoch. And then Enoch spoke for God. God's still looking for such voices. He found one in John the Baptist, that voice that would go out into the wilderness and cry out. I believe that that is indicative of something, a spiritual truth for each and every one of us, that our voices must be seasoned in the wilderness. Out of sight from Jerusalem, God worked on John. 
John was a Nazarite. That meant that no razor would touch his hair. No touching of dead bodies. No wine. No strong drink. No pleasures. No company. Only walking with God in the wilderness. For 30 years, John's voice was seasoned. Seasoned by wilderness. That's similar with God's choice of the Apostle Paul. He drew him into the wilderness to speak with him. And while he had Paul there, God spoke to him and shared with him so that he could be a voice walking across the continents of Asia and Europe. Same thing God did with Moses. Out of sight for 40 years so he could deal with him, speak with him. Same thing with Elijah, alone with God. John's public ministry would last six months. He would be in the wilderness for 30 years, alone with God, so that for a brief moment in time, his voice could be heard. Much of our trouble in life comes when we don't realize why we are in a desert place, that God drew us there. We ask, when will it be over? What we should be asking is, what is God doing to me here? God uses the wilderness to shape us, to prepare us, to forge us and make us. The goal is not to exit the desert, to get out of the wilderness. John's sojourn there was just a large stepping stone. God was preparing John, seasoning him, spending time with John, getting him ready. You see, God uses voices, not echoes. He uses faith, not formulas. He uses originals, not facsimiles. He wants you and I to have fresh revelation before we open our mouths. He wants to give us something to say, something we have learned, not from man, but from him. Before your voice is heard by others, your voice should be heard again and again by God himself. That's why 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says, pray without ceasing. John learned to talk to God. He didn't learn to speak to people in the temple. He learned to talk to God, not in a big prayer meeting behind a microphone. He learned to talk with God alone with him in the wilderness. Like Moses of old, the fire burns in solitude. When a person gets alone with God and begins to raise his voice to heaven and listens for the voice of God, oh, don't you know that God is speaking to you so that he can speak through you? Stop thinking of your wilderness as a trial. Think of it as a place of communion where you walk with God. I've learned in the wilderness several things. Quit fighting to try to get out. Pray like never before. Guard your mind and spirit. There's a thousand and one responses will pull on you. You can be worried, fearful, hopeless, critical, sarcastic, but guard your mind and spirit. But most importantly, wait on him. He's got a reason for the season. Your voice is valued. God wants to use your voice in prayer, travail, and intercession. All this week on Daily Devotion, I want to dive into these subjects because you have a voice and your voice is valued in heaven. God's Word, God's Word predicted a similarity 
between John the Baptist and Elijah. We read that in Malachi. We read that the voice of Elijah would be heard again before the coming of Messiah. Yes, God had a voice, a voice to speak. Jesus told his hearers that the prophets and the law were until John, but if they would receive it, John was the Elijah who would come. He was not Elijah reincarnated. John himself denied that in John chapter 1. But John the Baptist fulfilled the same calling as Elijah to prepare people for something new, a new season. This is what I'm seeing today and sensing at this very moment. As surely as John was used by God to prepare the Lord's first approach, God will use voices crying in the wilderness to prepare his second coming. And just as surely as Satan wanted to silence the voice of John the Baptist, you and I will fight the forces of the age, but we can't let the enemy's roar paralyze us. No, we must speak. Our voice is valued, and it's something the enemy is afraid of. For when you and I speak in the name of Jesus, mountains crumble. God still seeks the voice of one crying in the wilderness. You have a powerful voice. Lift up your voice in prayer. Lift up your voice in affirmation to what God is doing in this very moment in your life. Are you one of those people, a voice crying in the wilderness? If so, you have a powerful voice. Thank you for sharing in daily devotion with Ken Gurley. We pray this ministry has been a source of encouragement and strength to you. Please be mindful that your financial support enables us to meet with you each day. To give a donation or connect with us, visit our website at kengurley.com. There you will also find the latest books, podcasts, and resources. Blessed 90 Days to Change Your World is Pastor Gurley's latest book. You can get your copy of this life-changing book at kengurley.com. May God's favor rest on you in every way until we meet again.